0: Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. We begin, yes, last week, and this is a continuation of last week, talking about the word reconciliation and what it really means. We gave you the definition of the word reconciliation, which I don't have that one either today. But reconciliation means basically to, to bring two opponents, two hostile opponents into favor or into harmony with one another. We do understand when Lucifer came, and um, I almost use the word Lucifer, when, when Satan or the serpent manipulated Eve, and Adam yielded to her, from that moment uh, this creative world that God created uh, became hostile to God, according to Romans chapter 8. Jesus came, and the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 18, that it was the Father in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. He didn't say reconciling the church. He said reconciling the world unto himself. Then he turns around and says, I give you the ministry and the word of reconciliation. So therefore the church... Responsibility is to execute or exercise the ministry of reconciliation. But in somebody's mind, maybe you may be saying that if God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, then why do we need a ministry if the world is already reconciled? And this is probably the problem with the average born-again believer because we don't understand The distinction between um, what has really taken place uh, in the realm of the spirit and what must be made manifest in this realm. Jesus really was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement you and I should have received, he received it for us. And with his stripes we are healed, but we still see sick people. So either Jesus' death was in vain, his burial was in vain, his resurrection was in vain, his ascension and enthronement was in vain, or it's a reality. Then evidently, if it's real, then what is my responsibility? My responsibility is to make what is factual, actual what what Jesus really did he really did defeat Satan. He really did defeat the principal powers according to the word of the Lord. But yet we see such satanic and demonic opposition taking place in the earth realm. Well why is that? It's because we are not exercising the ministry of reconciliation. We are not making what is factual actual in the earth realm. That's my responsibility and that's your responsibility. We're going to look at, look at some things in the Word of the Lord. Either the Word of God is real, either Jesus is real, the Father is real, the Holy Spirit is real, or He's not. Then, but yet we will stand and say He cannot lie. But yet we submit to lies that the devil presents to us when he attacks us. He'll attack our spouses. He'll attack our children. He'll attack our destiny. He'll attack our purpose. He'll attack our wealth. Son. And we sit around and we allow it to happen and just say, God, what are you going to do? And God is saying, what are you going to do? Then we say, well, I'm praying that you will do something. He said, I cannot do any more than I've already done. But what did you do? I conquered, Satan on Calvary's Cross over 2,000 years ago. When I rose, I rose with all authority, not power, all authority, not some authority, but I rose with all authority in heaven and in earth. Then what is the problem? Let's look at some things in the word of the Lord, if you will, and it's going to help us to kind of gaze at some things. I I, I pray that God will permit me uh, to... Well, I don't think I'm going to finish this, but we're going to look at some things here in in the word of the Lord. 2 Kings, 1 Kings, we brought out last week. We ended with 1 Kings chapter 18 concerning Elijah. The nation of Israel had gone into an apostate condition. They became worshippers of idols. They had turned from God, and began to worship um, the gods of Baal. They was Baal worshippers. They was Baal worshippers as a result of um, the king of Israel um, married a foreign woman named Jezebel, and she manipulated him to begin to worship her God, and he led the whole nation into Baal worship. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I just love uh, how God always has a remnant. But he sent the man, a man named Elijah, to challenge the children of Israel to turn their hearts back to God. But the way he did that, ladies and gentlemen, it was not through a preach word or a taught word, but it was through a demonstrated word. Somebody said, demonstration. The world is not going, to, hearts is not going to turn back to God until we rise up, ladies and gentlemen, and begin to exercise The Ministry of Reconciliation, I was going to say something else, the Ministry of Reconciliation. And the Ministry of Reconciliation, Jesus demonstrated it before it was fully made manifest. Amen? Let's look at this here, if you will. Turn, if you will, to Psalm 78. Psalm 78. The scripture I gave you all earlier, uh, the audio vision, back that was added on to from last week. Let's look at something here, Psalms 78, and we're going to look at verse 9. Um, uh, it would be good that you bring your Bibles anyway, so you're going to depend on the screen. <laughs> Psalms 78 and verse 9, it says, The children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle, they did what? Turned back in the day of battle. The children of Israel, the Ephraim, they had bows, they was armed with bows, they was armed with weapons of warfare. But in the midst of the battle, they began to shift. In the midst of the battle, they began to turn. But why did they turn? Why did they quit? Why did they give up? Let's look at the next verse, if you will. Verse 10. They did not, what, keep the covenant of God. They refused to walk in His law, which is His word. So therefore, therefore, watch this right here, watch this right here, watch this. They are covenant people of God. They have a relationship with God. God is a covenant God, but they did not keep the covenant. Nor did they sin or execute The word of the Lord. So in the day of battle, they could not be sustained. In the day of battle, the enemy caused them to turn and flee. But yet they fled, confessing to be covenant-keeping people. Something is wrong with this. Let's go to the next verse, if you will. And this is the problem. And they forgot his words, his works. They forgot His what? Works. They forgot His what? Works. And His wonders that He had shown them. The Word, the works, the wonders. Someone said, the Word, the works, and the wonders. So therefore, 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 now how could you forsake God, the covenant-keeping God, when there's His Word, there's His works, and there's his wonders. Now, listen to me. Now, this is, this is not for the world. This is for the church. This is for the children of Israel. So, everything, ladies and gentlemen, have everything to do with relationships. Some say, relationship. It's interesting. But he turned in the day of battle. What have you been challenged with? Have you turned? Have his word. Very few people in this house have not experienced the supernatural, have experienced healing, have experienced deliverance, have experienced prophetic flow, the supernatural. Why would God allow you to be challenged? Why would He allow hell to break loose against you? Why would He do that to you? Why would He do it to me? If he loved me, he would not allow me to be challenged. Not so. See, if I don't get delivered from that mindset, you will never be able to help anybody. You'll never be able to help your children. You could never be a leader because you would never know how you hurt people. By protecting them from the very thing that they need to develop them. Let's look at something that's in the Word of the Lord. Let me show you some principles, if you will. The Ministry of Reconciliation, ladies and gentlemen, is a powerful ministry because it's an authentic ministry. It is based on what not you did, I did. It's based on what Jesus has already done and accomplished. But that could never work if he's not a reality to me. So the purpose of everything is about him becoming a reality to me. Let's look at something else here. Go to the book of uh, Matthew, chapter 11. No, 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 let's do this right here. Let, let, me, let me go to Psalms 145. I'm going to come back to that. Let's go to Psalms 145. Psalms 145. Don't raise your hand. But how many of you in here is confessing to be a born again believer? Don't raise your hand. How many is confessing to be a born again believer? And if you are a born again believer, tell me what should be the evidence? Or should there be evidence? What is the evidence? Praise the Lord. Amen. I am a pastor. Slash businessman. If I am, there should be some evidence. Should be some evidence. What is the evidence? Is the evidence my fruit or my tree? What's the evidence? My fruit or my tree? You should know them by the what? The fruit reveals the what? Tree. There should be some fruit if I am what I say I am. Let's look at something, if you will, in the Word of God. Let's go to the book of Mark, chapter 6. I'm going to come all the way down here, uh, come back up to where it was well, Psalms. But let's look at this right here, Mark, chapter 6. I'm going to look at a principle here in the Word of God. It's going to help us, ladies and gentlemen, to exercise this ministry of reconciliation. This has been a very interesting week for me. Uh, uh, um, Had several, not several, but a couple of different challenges this week. But it was good for me. It was good for me. See, I look at challenges different than a whole lot of folks look at challenges. But I'm going to show you why in the word of the Lord, if you will. Let's look at the pattern. Is Jesus our pattern? Mark chapter 6. And I want to start with verse 30. I'm going to be skipping all through Mark 6 here. Mark 6, verse 30. Mark 6 and verse 30. Let's look at this, if you will. I think it's going to be a blessing to us today. Then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him how many things? All things, both what? What they had done and what they had taught In other words they just come back off of uh, an assignment they just came back off a missionary journey They just came back off of a revival and when they came back they reported to jesus uh, everything that they had what done and everything they had what taught now if they were following the ministry of jesus what was the pattern of jesus Jesus' pattern was to do what? Teach and demonstrate. To do what? Teach and what? Demonstrate. To do what? Teach, then demonstrate. That was the pattern. So they came back and they reported to him everything they had done and everything that they had taught. So evidently, there probably were some signs, wonders, and notable miracles that was done based on what they taught because that was the pattern of Jesus. Is that right? Interesting. This is good. Let's go down to verse 34, if you will. And Jesus, when he had came out, saw a great multitude and was marveled with compassion. Me, moved Mood with compassion for them. Because they were like sheep, not having a shepherd. So he began to... Teach them. He began to do what? Teach them many things. He began to do what? Teach them many things. Verse 35. When the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desert place, and already the hour is late. Send them away, that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves what? Bread. For they have nothing to eat. Verse 37. But he answered and said to them what? You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy two hundred denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? Verse 38. But he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, Five and two fish. Verse. I don't want to go there. I missed my scripture here. I'm mad here. Watch this right here. What did he do when he took the bread and the fish? He blessed it and did what? Gave it and what happened? It multiplied. He did what? He blessed it, broke it, gave it, and it multiplied. He did what? Blessed it, broke it, gave it, and it multiplied. Now, did Jesus operate when he was on earth, did he operate in his deity form? No. Then did he operate as a God-man? Yes. Did he, was he, did he operate by the Spirit of God? Did he operate by the same Spirit of God that lives in you? Absolutely. So he did not operate in deity, he operated as a man that was submitted to the Holy Spirit. As what? Man that submitted to the Holy Spirit. As what? A man that is submitted to the Holy Spirit. So therefore, if Jesus did not operate in deity, operate operated as a man, yielded to the Holy Spirit, and you and I have the Holy Spirit, then, let me ask you this question, is it possible for you and I to operate in the flow just like Jesus did? Absolutely. I want everybody to say, absolutely. absolutely. Yes, it is God's will, but my next question, why don't we see the majority of us church, the church globally, just not here in America, globally, why don't we see the majority of the church flowing like Jesus then? I'm going to show you in a few minutes. So after he fed them, Verse 45. As he fed them, the scripture says, immediately he made his disciples to get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, which, excuse me, while he sent the multitude away, verse 46, and when he had sent them away, he did what? Departed to the mountain to do what? Pray. When I was looking at this this morning, the previous verse, verse 45, after he taught, after the miracle of the fish and the loaves, the Bible said immediately he put them in a boat and sent them to the other side. I was questioning the Holy Spirit this morning, why the rush? Verse 45, we'll, we'll go back there. Why the rush? Because it said immediately. Uh, otherwise, he didn't just take his time, you know, um, they had a conversation, y'all going to get in the boat with it. But immediately, that means speedily, he, he rushed them into the boat to go to the other side. I said, Lord, wh- why, what is the urgency? And the Spirit of God spoke to me. He said, He did it while the word and the miracle was fresh. He said, He did it immediately while the word of God was still fresh. You know how you can leave church and you forget the word? What did you preach to preach on? Um, I, um, I know it was good. I was, I was, I was waiting on Cynthia to see what she was going to tell me. Isaiah said, uh, I was going to see just how much of what I shared he remembered, but he sure remembered that law of rest, of reconciliation with the money. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately he made his disciples into the boat. So the Lord said, he said, the urgency was because the word of God was still fresh and the miracle was still fresh in them. Now watch this here. Watch this here. Let's go to verse 48, if you will. Mark chapter 6, verse 48. Ladies and gentlemen, the pattern of our life is in this word. Where I'm liking at, I can make the adjustments, and where I'm at, I can be, I can be complimented, or it can show me I'm in alignment. That word is beautiful. Then he saw them. Now he sent them away. Right? He went to a mountain to pray. Now, the scripture says, after they left, then he saw them. What? He saw them. What? Straining at rowing, for the wind was, what, against them. Have you ever, God, ever given you a prophet of the Word? And as soon as you get the Word, but that Word, something happened to come against that Word. Every time, baby, every time. If you got a real Word from God, every time. It's going to be contrary winds. So it's going to come against that word. But watch this right here. Then he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them um, walking on the sea. Can we get this right here in the, in the Amplified? Get it, get, it, get it all. I know i got King James. Get, get it all in the Amplified version. Let's read in the Amplified version. Notice what it says. And having seen that they were troubled and tormented in their rowing. For the wind was against them about the fourth watch of the night between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. He came to them walking directly on the sea, and he acted as if he meant to pass by them. He what? Acted. Listen, What, what, what is he doing? He's testing them. Why? Because, um, because the word should have been fresh. The miracle should have been fresh. So therefore, 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 he's putting them in a test. Why is he testing them? He's not testing them for failure. He's testing them for them to become one with the one that spoke the word and demonstrated the miracle. This is why he does it. He don't test us for, for destruction. He don't test us for demotion. God, that's not the character of our Father. The character of our Father is to test us, to elevate us, and to promote us. See, it's one thing to hear it, it's another thing to experience it. It says, and he acted as if he meant to pass by them. Verse 49. But when they saw him... Walking on the sea they thought it was a ghost and they raised a deep throat shriek of terror. Did I pronounce it right? Throat Verse fifty. Watch this right here, this, is, this thing is this thing is good. For they all saw him and were what? Agitated. Have you been agitated about anything that is contrary to what you heard and what you saw? Now contrary winds begin to blow. What you They was agitated, troubled and filled with fear and what? Dread. But immediately he what? Talked with them and said, Take heart. Do what? Take heart. I am. Take heart. I am. He didn't even say, I am what? He said, I am. Faith is always what? Now. Faith is always what? Now. God is always what? Now. That's why Jesus said, I am. He didn't say, I am Jesus. He didn't say, I am the Son of God. I, he said, I am. Because at this point, all of y'all need me to be whatever you need me to be. And whatever you decide, I am. So, Peter, you, you need me to be something I am. John, you need me to be something I am. James, you need me to be something that I am. My father, I'm something I am. But, but, ladies and gentlemen, see, See, hearing this and not understanding this makes us religious because even as he said I am but first John tells us as he is so are what we so if Jesus said I am then who are you I am so he says We'll get there. We'll, we'll, we'll break that down in a few minutes here. He says, stop being alarmed and afraid. He said what? Stop it. He said what? Stop it. Touch the person next to the Stop it. The devil want to lie to you and tell you what God promised you will never come to pass. The devil will tell you you will never be healed. The devil will tell you you will never be delivered. The devil will tell you it will never come to pass. Stop it. And sometimes you gotta to speak to yourself and say, stop it. Something I look in the mirror and look at you and say, point to your hand and say, stop it. The crazy thoughts that's entering to your mind. Those crazy thoughts that's bum Anybody ever experienced that before? I mean thoughts hitting you a thousand miles. I mean that devil trying to show you everything that will never happen. He's showing you you're dead. He's showing you, I mean he shows you everything. Stop it. You got to learn how to speak to yourself and speak to the devil. Stop it. So he ended up having to rebuke them, boys. What? is y'all so stop that stuff? Stop being alarmed. Stop being afraid. And they probably saying to themselves, What are you talking about? Don't did you not see this wind coming against us and we can hardly roar? And you talking about stop being alarmed? Stop being afraid, Jesus. What are you saying? Does that sound just like some of us? When, when the, the Lord allowed contrary winds to come our way, what is the first thing the average person do? They begin to call on the Lord, and the Lord says to you, "Stop it! Wait a minute! I thought I was supposed to call on the name of the Lord. Stop it! As I am, so are you." First fifty-one. Are you getting this, ladies and gentlemen? And when he went up into the boat with them, and the wind, what? Wait, wait, wait. How can wait, wait, wait. Now, we in the boat, the wind coming against us. How is it that when you get in the boat, it stops? Because I'm trying to show you something. I'm going to show you something. It would have stopped for you, too. i'm gonna tell you something i deliberately sent you away while the word was fresh and the miracle was fresh and i went up into the mountain and prayed to the father but i was praying to the father that y'all pass this test i was praying father help him to get it father help him to receive it father help him to get it this time father help him to stand help him to believe this time i was praying but 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 while i was in prayer i saw you struggling And he didn't see them with his natural eyes. He had to see them with his mind's eye, ladies and gentlemen. And this is what needs to be developed with all of us. Our inner eye must be developed. But we'll get to that in a few minutes too. And he went up into the boat with them, and the wind ceased, sank to rest, as if exalted by its own, what, beating. And they were astonished. Exceedingly beyond measure. They was what? Astonished. should they have been astonished? They just finished encountering a miracle, ladies and gentlemen, of, of 5,000 people being fed with two fish. What, was it two fish? Two fish and how many pieces of bread? Five? Five loaves of bread and two fish. They just saw a more than that. But there was astonishment. Exceedingly beyond measure. Why did the wind stop? Why did the wind cease when Jesus got in the boat? If Jesus did not operate in deity, we did not. We did not see him calling on the Holy Spirit. He didn't call on the Father. We don't read anywhere. Uh, if you go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they give an account. All of them give an account of the same thing, but it's a different twist uh, uh, from all of them account. But not, no, not, not Matthew, not Mark, not Luke, not John. Not, none of them give an account that he called on the name of the Father. That's interesting. He didn't call. Said. Jehovah, Elohim, Yahweh, Elanai, El Elyon, El Shaddai, rescue me now. We don't see it. But he just get in the boat and the wind cease and it obeys him. Interesting. God was in Christ on what? Reconciling the world unto himself. And that really, really took place on Calvary's cross, but he was living it out. The wind, who created the wind? God. Who created the sea? God. If God created the wind, God created the sea, it belongs to who? God. Is there any... Hurricanes in heaven, tornadoes, earthquakes. Hmm. So if there is hurricanes here, tornadoes here, earthquakes here, what is it a result of? It got to be a result of something. If God is not about the of confusion, God is not the God of destruction, then who's causing this? Y'all, why you all looking at me like god? Satan. Who? Satan. Now, watch it right here. Watch it. Did Jesus defeat Satan? Then why is he, how can he be doing this? Did Jesus, according to Matthew 28, the Bible said he rose with all the sword in heaven and in earth? Then how could this happen? Be happening, ladies and gentlemen. Either Jesus the Father was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself or he was not. When Jesus was walking on the water to get into the boat, let me ask you a question. Was the wind still blowing while he was walking on the water? Yes. It did not cease blowing until when? He got into the boat. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the exercising of the ministry of reconciliation. Jesus brought God's creation back in harmony to God. It had to obey Jesus. And watch this right here. Why did the wind have to obey Jesus? Because do you understand the principle and the foundation of reconciliation? The only way reconciliation can take place is by sin being removed. I'm going to say it again. The only way reconciliation can take place is by sin being removed. Have sin been removed? Yes. See, see, this is why it don't work. Because y'all don't have confidence. You don't don't even believe. When you know, you know. Nobody can shake you, but you know. If anybody asks you, are you perfect? Yes. Are you righteous? Yes. Are you holy? Yes. I'm going to say with a sword and power. Now, have my wife ever seen me mess up? Yes! Have my children ever seen me mess up? Yes! But how can you say you're righteous? Because I have received the righteous one. It's not my righteousness. It's not my holiness. I don't have to try to be righteous. I have received it. That's real to me. I don't have to try to get holy. And like some of y'all be trying to get holy, amen. Thank God some of y'all don't have been delivered now, amen. At least you get your hair done, Amen. Amen. I'm talking about y'all that come from the old school. Your old school, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't do nothing with your hair. I'm talking about the ladies now. You can't do nothing with your hair. Amen. In the summertime it's a hundred degrees out there, and you got things up there. You got uh, a turtleneck on. Amen. And oh, in Miami, thank God we we, we, we coming. Amen. And we called when we thought that was and we thought that was holiness. Is that right? Thought it was holiness. That ain't holiness. Let me leave that alone. Let's move on. Now, watch it right here. Watch right. The fundamental principle of reconciliation is sin has been removed. That's how God is able to reconcile the world unto himself because Jesus paid the price. Jesus died on Calvary cross for the sin of who? The world or the sin of the church? The sin of the world. So Jesus died on Calvary Cross. He shed his blood for the remission of sin of the world. So therefore, now because Jesus, watch this right here, Jesus is acting out before he actually experienced death on the cross. The Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away what? The sin of the world. John 1 verse 29. So watch this right here. And they were astonished exceedingly beyond measure. Let's go to verse fifty two, if you will. For they failed, and this is this 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 is it right here in a nutshell. If there's any failure while you and I is not experiencing the manifestation and the demonstration of the fullness of what God promised us and said to us, now we we gotta understand there's time into some things too, isn't that right? For they fail to consider or understand what the teaching. For they fail to consider or understand what the teaching and meaning of what. You mean to tell me when a miracle is wrought, there is God is trying to communicate something, and that's why we fail. That's why we fail. We fail because we see the miracle, but we don't put a tracer on the miracle. You just satisfied with the miracle, but you don't trace the miracle back to the source. The miracle is designed not for you to be satisfied with the miracle. The miracle is designed to stir you and to cause you to repent. That's, that, that's the definition I didn't have. But a beautiful definition I have uh, from the Greek concerning repentance. Um, it, 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 it's designed to cause you to change your mind about you, change your mind about your circumstances, and to change your mind about God. So, 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 God, watch this right here. When, when, when the Word of God is taught, the Word of God is taught in designed design to put you in a situation for you to experience repentance, to change your mind the way you've been viewing circumstance and situation. So watch this right. for they fail to consider, they fail to consider or understand the teaching and meaning of the miracle of the loaves. In fact, their hearts had grown what? Callous. Their heart has what? Grown callous. Had become dull, and had lost the power of understanding. And this, th- 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 I can teach you on this all by itself. I can take this I can take this verse right here and go to Mark chapter 4 and talk about the four conditions of the hearts. And I want to do that. Maybe I'll do that next week to show you how this thing works, ladies and gentlemen. When I fail or you fail, when the word of God is being taught and there's no manifestation, demonstration, it's the revelation that my heart is in a certain state, in a certain condition. Have nothing to do with the preacher who's preaching the word. It has everything to do with the recipient of the word. Are, are you getting this? That's just right here. Get this, if you will, that last verse there in the New King James. For they had not understood about the loaves because their hearts, their heart was what? Hardened. It's impossible to believe, impossible to have faith when your heart is hardened. And that was the problem, ladies and gentlemen. I want to give you a definition. Do y'all have a defini- definition? I'm going to give you it's a long definition, but it's, it's come from the Greek. The Greek definition of the word "harden" is going to help us. We're going to break this down, and we probably will conclude here. We're going to break this word down, hardness of heart, to help us understand. The majority, the frustration, many times aggravation, ladies and gentlemen, it becomes as a result of this. Watch this here. The heart represents the total response of a person to life around him or her. And to the religious and moral demands of God. Once again, the heart represents the total response. The total what? Response. The total what? Response. How you respond exposes your heart. How you respond to circumstances. How you respond to situation? How you respond to correction. How you respond to anything in life exposes the condition, the state of your heart. So what Jesus did, he taught the word. He demonstrated the miracle. And he put them in a situation. Why did he put them in a situation for us not to trick ourselves and lie to ourselves? Oh, oh, I I know I know the word. Oh, I know I have faith. I know I believe God. I know I trust God. You ain't you you haven't been put in nothing yet. And that's the problem with the church. We are people that in position of authority that has never been tried. We put people in position based on giftings and talents and not based on the trying of their character. Approve faith, as the Greek says it. Approve faith, not just faith, approve faith. Once again, the heart represents the total response of a person to life around him. Or her, and that, and this is kind of help y'all to understand why y'all y'all hear me saying this a lot. Y'all hear me talking about testing. That I test almost everybody around me. I test you when you don't even know you've been tested, and use that I work when you don't know. All of it's designed for me to know where you're located. And not only for me to know where you're located, now I know how I need to pray for you. I need to know, now I know how to pray. Now I know how to war, now I know how to battle for you. The test is never designed to be critical. If a person, say they're testing you and they're critical and judgmental, they, they have no capacity to test. They have absolutely no idea what they're doing. Testing is never designed for destruction. It's never designed to put people down. It's never designed to to belittle someone. It's designed for you to be able to measure them. Let's go to the next. uh, uh, This is still part of the first definition. Hardness of the heart. This describes a negative condition. It describes what? A negative condition in which the person ignores, spurns, or rejects them. The gracious offer of God to be part of his or her life. Wait, 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 wait. Let's break this down according to Scripture. Let's break it down according to what we just finished reading. Watch this right here. Hardness of the heart does describes a negative what? Condition. When the wind was mysterious against the, uh, uh, the disciples, was that a negative condition? Absolutely. When Jesus was preaching to the crowd and all of the food was left, you only had five loaves of bread and two fish, was that a negative condition for thousands of people? Yes. But we don't want to be in no negative condition. We want faith to keep us out of a negative condition. But why would God put you in a negative condition? He will put you in a negative condition for you to become a master over the condition. He will put you in a negative condition for you to be Lord and exercise dominion over the condition. He will put you in a negative condition so you can look at that negative condition face to face and say, I'm not moving. And the negative condition, I'm not moving. Well, you was created. But you was created. No, I was not created. My body was created, but I wasn't created. I came from the Creator, the Father God Himself. When God formed man out of the dust of the ground, that was the body. But when He (laughs) breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life, that's the real man. And He became a living soul. So, so you are created. So therefore I take authority over you. I rebuke you and it gotta obey just like it obeyed Jesus. But the problem is we don't do it because we don't know what to do. Say what you do. You call up everybody that you know you can, I think you can bring you out of this situation. I'm going to tell you what God does. Some of you all are, you all can be Houdini. Anybody ever heard of Houdini? Man, I mean, God got you in a situation, man. You, you, you are a master escape artist. God got you in a situation, but you just jumped, out. Right... God said, "My good, he's slippery." <laughs> but He put us in negative conditions. The negative circumstances conditions ladies and it reveals and exposes. Where our faith in God really lies. I can tell you some story. You all don't know all the stories. I can tell you some stories. Hardness of the heart thus describes a negative condition in which the person ignores, sperms, or rejects the gracious offer of God to be part of his or her life. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. According to this definition, watch this right here, was the wind that was beating Busterius, was that an offer from God? Absolutely. It was it was it was the grace of God been offered to them, but they rejected. Because they didn't understand it. And that's what gets you in trouble more than anything. I don't understand. Let's go to the next part, if you will. Second definition part. The action of what? Should it be hearing. The action of hearing's one's heart or the state of heartness, hardness of the heart of heart is the action or state of what? Persistent and what? Sometime hostile rejection of the word of God. I ain't doing it. God is inviting you to be a part of Him. He's inviting you to experience Him. He's inviting you to experience the supernatural, and so therefore, He has to put you in a negative situation for the supernatural to be, for to be released in that negative situation. Then what you're in again? I ain't doing that. I ain't doing that. And you don't understand, you you are rejecting God and being hostile against God. I ain't going. I ain't doing it. And your heart become hardened against God. And I'm going to show you in a few minutes here, I believe this in this definition right here, ladies and gentlemen, what makes this so dangerous. Preachers can preach and be like this. Preachers can teach and be this way. Preachers can operate in the gifts of the Spirit and be just like this. It's dangerous. And we be fighting God every step of the way. And we're going to show you the remedy, because we can't leave it hanging. We've going to show you the remedy to this thing. The action of, of hearing one's heart, probably should have been heating, one's heart, or the state of hardness, hardness of heart, is the action or state of persistent and sometimes hostile rejection of the Word of God. Rejection of what? The Word of God. What did Jesus first do? He taught them. Is that right? Then He demonstrated it. And immediately he sent them away. Immediately. Why? Because the word was fresh and the miracle was fresh. This involves not simply a refusal to hear the word, but a refusal to what? Respond in what? Submission and obedience. A refusal to what? Respond in what? Submission and obedience. Other words, the circumstance, Harold, it reveals the condition and the state of my heart. When somebody understands the difference, ladies and gentlemen, between obedience and submission, those who have been in leadership training before, what is the difference? Do you remember the difference between obedience and submission? Submission is what? Submission is an attitude of one's heart. You can you can do what I tell you to do, but not be submitted. And what God looks at is not what you do. God looks at your heart attitude. Talking to one of my daughters about this yesterday. I, I was, I, I, I was I had to confront one of my daughters on, on, on yesterday. And when I said, confront them, uh, uh, it, it, my confrontation is showing you what you did wrong and then tell me how you think you should have done it. This is what my daughter did, Daddy. I want, uh, uh, Dad, I, I want, you, I want you to, I, I thank you for for sharing with me, uh uh, 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 bringing to my attention the thing that I did wrong. Blah 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 blah. She said the right thing, but it's the wrong spirit. So she walked out. I called her back in. And we're going to share this principle with her. See, if you don't understand this, you can't help nobody. Because if if they said the right thing to you, that's fine. I mean, they said the right thing. They said, I apologize. But when you say it in the wrong spirit, you didn't even hear me. And not only you didn't hear me, you didn't receive nothing from me. So now, watch this right here. Now it becomes form. Having a form of godliness. So saying the right thing, but in the wrong spirit. And what God judges is your spirit. Not what you do, not even what you say. The spirit behind what you do and what you say. Because you can do the right thing. I can do the right thing towards her. But in the wrong spirit. If you do the right thing in the wrong spirit, it is designed to manipulate and deceive. Are, are, Are we getting this? So watch this right here. Let's get to the second part. This involves not simply a refusal to hear the word, but a refusal to respond in submission and obedience. So what Jesus was saying, what Jesus was saying, he says, why is it? That you refuse to submit and obey me. Oh, well, 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 we, 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 we submitted to you, Jesus. We obeyed you. If you were submitted to me, you wouldn't have responded the way you sp- responded with these contrary winds. Oh, what's that got to do with you, Jesus? That was the wind. That ain't you. That's the wind. But it is me. But how could it be you if it's the wind? It's you because I gave you the word. Immediately go to the other side. You stuck in the middle of the sea here. You ain't on the other side. And the Bible says, and when he got in the boat, immediately the wind ceased. But another a scripture, another uh, a book, it says, as soon as he got in the boat, they was on the other side. Immediately they was on the other side. Dominion over this realm. Is that the last part of that definition, or is there any more? It's the last part. Let's just watch this here. Are you getting something? What is the key to this thing here? Let's go to Mark 8. And we just come out of Mark what? We just come out of Mark 6. We're going to Mark 8. After Jesus said what well, he said, they should have it, right? They should have it by now, right? They should, they should have it. So he just, he just rebuked them. He just told them what the problem is. Now, okay, we see our hearts with heart. Okay, now, everything is okay now, Jesus. Thank you. Mark 8, two chapters later. We don't know the time frame here. Our eight fourteen. Mark eight fourteen. Now they had completed, completely forgotten to bring bread. They had what? Completely forgotten to bring bread. And they had only one loaf with them in the boat. Now please listen to me. How many of you parents in here have ever told your children to do something and they said, oh, I forgot. And, 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 and besides me. And don't raise your hand too quick because some of y'all do the same thing with me. I tell you, you give yourself, oh, 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 I forgot. (laughs) Do you know what that means? Huh, what it means? It wasn't important, number one, and reveals that there's a dimension of a hardening of your heart. Hmm. So I'm, 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 I'm going to give you the, 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 the solution to it in a few minutes here. But let's go, go on, if you will. So they had forgot bread. God showed them how to set us up to grow. And then when you look at these boys, you probably say, My God, how in the world? Man, see, how did, how did, who, who can live this? That's why I used to say, Who can live this thing? Man, like, it ain't hard. It's hard, just hard. Either take my. Yoke upon you in what? Learning me for my yoke is what? It, it's what? Then why do we be struggling? Man, this thing is hard. Either he's telling the truth or we're we missing it. He said, my yoke is easy. My burdens is light. My yoke is easy, right? My burdens is light. My yoke is easy. Man, my God, Lord, who, can, who can live? Said, no, 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 no. Don't, don't say who can live this thing. Everybody can live it. You just ain't making a decision to live it. That's all. Verse 15, and Jesus repeatedly expressed, expressly charged and admonished them, saying, Look out, keep on your guard and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod and the Herodians. Verse 16, and they discussed it and uh, reasoned with one another. It is because we have no bread. He said this because there is no bread. Do, Do you have bread? No, I don't have bread. Do you have bread? I don't have bread. You didn't bring bread? No, you didn't bring bread. Why you didn't bring the bread? I brought the bread the last time. <laughs> Verse 17. And being aware of it, Jesus said to them, Why are you reasoning and saying it is because you have no bread? Do you not yet discern or understand? Are your hearts in a state a settled, a state of hardness? Uh, or, or, or your heart is in a what? Settled state of hardness? How is it that you're not comprehended? Now, let am share, share a principle with you. This is going to help you understand. I remember when I first came here to Miami uh, with Dr. Brown, I didn't know how to express myself. I didn't know how to communicate with him from a spiritual perspective, you know, I was only saved one year when I first came. So I did not express myself. He would used to say this right here. He said, he would say to me, he said, just go ahead and say it. I didn't know why until years later I became a leader, why he was saying that. Do you want to know why he would say that? He would tell me to go ahead and express yourself because when I begin to talk, He's going to go beyond what I'm articulating. He's going to be able to hear and discern and perceive the spirit behind what I'm trying to say. He's going to be able to get that be, and, and, and understand that beyond what I'm saying. Now, the only reason I knew that's what it was because God brought me into that place. When people talking, I'm able to do that now. I'm able to listen to you communicate, but I'm able to discern what's behind what you're communicating. He says, "How in the world? How in the world you like this?" And, 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 and see, a lot of y'all, I see a lot of y'all be 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 looking at me. I remember uh, I was talking to George one day in in the office, and, and he was talking about. Man, you different. I said, what in the world are you talking about? I mean, he was say, like, a, he, he, like, I'm so, I'm up here, he's down here. I said, man, I'm a man just like you, I get tested. I said, I just don't, I don't walk around like, you know, the devil beating me up. That's the difference. I, I ain't walking around, <laughs> uh, uh, the, the devil's on my back, trying to turn, on my track, on my track, trying to turn. Try. <laughs> But this is but this is how this is how you tap into super this is how God become real to you, ladies, in the midst of hell, but you're able to hold on and believe him and trust him and sing songs of praise, songs of worship in the midst of it. T- I refuse to allow the natural to destroy me. If you take the same principle concerning money, I make a statement, i never be broke another day in my life. Money will always come to me. And the reason I say money will always come to me, because I'm free from it. And the only way I can be free from it, God put me in a negative situation concerning money, and I never quit. I never gave up. And I never stopped doing what God told me to do in the midst of it. Which verse I left off on? Uh, verse 18. Verse uh, No, I stopped on verse 17. Verse 18. Verse 18 says, "Having eyes, do you not see with them? And having ears, do you not hear with them?" See, this is what's going to happen to you. If I if I if I have a conversation with you like that, I can use Eric. Can I use you, Eric? If I have a conversation with Eric like this, and, and, and man, Eric is talking, and I say. Don't you have eyes? Can't you not see? Don't you have Yeah, I have eyes. I see. I hear. And he has no clue what I'm talking about. He thinks I'm talking about these and these. But you see and hear with your heart. And I'm not talking about this physical heart here. You see and hear. And you hear with your heart. So if my heart is hardened, then I can't see clearly. I'm not going to be here, be able to Here, if my heart is hardened. Are, are you getting this? My time is up. Let me let me give give me about five more minutes. Having eyes, do you not see with them? And having ears, do you not hear and perceive and understand sense uh, 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 understand the sense of what is said? And do you not remember? Verse 19. When I broke, do you not remember, do you not remember, when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, and how many small hand baskets full of uh, broken pieces did you take up? They said to him, 12. Verse 20. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many larger, large provisions, baskets full of broken pieces did you not take up? And they said to him, seven. And he kept repeating. He what? He what? Kept repeating what? He kept repeating what? Now if I did that, you know what you gonna say? Well, why why you ain't building me up? You tear me down. And the scripture said, he kept repeating. Do you not understand? No, well, why? Wait a minute! You should be speaking faith into me. Should you be speaking faith? You shouldn't be saying that because your words have power. That's what people told me. Your your words have power. My words ain't compared to Jesus' word. He's the Son of God. Is that right? But why he kept on saying that? He's trying to get them to understand. Was he uh, 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 badgering them? Was he trying to make them look bad? He wanted them to get this thing, didn't he? I want us to get it. I want us to get it. I want us to get it. Let's look at this here. Let's get ready to close. This is the master key to dominion over the natural. I didn't have time to go into some of these other things, but that's all right. We'll, 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 we'll get ready to close here. Let's look at this, if you will. Let's look at Luke. I said Matthew 16. Maybe I, we'll do a part three of this. Because of so much, I kind of rush myself this morning. I hate rushing. Matthew 16, verse 24. This is the only way that you and I will be able to walk in the supernatural. It's the only way. This is the only way that our hearts will be set free from being hardened. The only way. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to be my disciple, let him do what? Let him do what? Deny himself. And I love this verse right here in the Amplified Version because it breaks it down to the original Greek, ladies and gentlemen. The word deny means to what? Disregard. And now, wait, 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 wait. Is that's the very opposite that parents tell their children. You don't let them take advantage of you. You better defend yourself. yourself. But it, it, it's, He's telling us to deny ourselves, but we're telling our children to defend themselves. He tells us to deny ourselves. We tell us to protect us. You don't let nobody. Wait, 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 wait. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. That's why they like they are, because we don't teach them how to be spiritual. To tap into the supernatural protection of God. No why? Because you haven't tapped into it. You only give them what you have. Then Jesus said to his disciples If anyone desire to be my disciple, let him deny himself. Do what? Disregard. Do what? Disregard. Do what? Disregard lose sight of and forget himself and what his own interest. Is it possible that one of these things right here caused the disciples not to, to miss God in that water? When the wind was blowing? Uh-huh. Because what they were thinking about? Themselves. And that's why the wind they couldn't have rebuked the wind. They wasn't thinking about the command God gave them, they were thinking about themselves. They, 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 they didn't think about, they wouldn't, they wouldn't meditate on the teaching and the miracle. They would think about, man, we about to die here. Themselves. Remember Jesus lying on the, part of the, hand, uh, lying on the bottom of the ship and the wind stopped blowing? Y'all remember that? And the disciples came down and, and woke him up and, and said, what? Y'all remember what he said? don't you don't you care about what, be about that die up here man and you down here sleep wake up jesus get up now he's sleeping now who sleeps in a storm but you better you 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 know this man this man this man was so one with the father he knew he could not even die he couldn't die because he had not fulfilled purpose don't you understand you can't die because you have not fulfilled purpose some said, "I shall live and declare the works of my God." They woke Jesus up. Jesus got up on top of the boat. He rebuked the wind, and the Bible said, "Shh!" And he turned around and said to what did he say to them, "O ye," other words, every time you hear the word from now on, you little faith. What is he saying? Why is your hearts hardened? Every time you say, "O little little faith," why is your hearts hardened? What's right? He said, lose sight of yourself. Ladies gentlemen, please listen to me. If there is not an exercising of this in anybody, 26 years for us, 52 years for, for, for Deacon Mom, I think 27 for you, 27, 27 for uh, Rogers and... and um, Ciola, I want to say Miss Rogers. <laughs> Who else has been married a long time? At least, Cynthia. Twelve years. Sixteen years. Thirty years. Nineteen years. This <laughs> years. <laughs> I got a handbag back, back there. Thirteen, thirteen years. You all know we got to experience some of this. You, you, you got to do some of this. You talking about fifty-two, fifty-two minutes? You got to do some of this. <laughs> but <laughs> God, let me close up here. Listen. But you got to deny yourself. This is the only way that you and I will be able to walk in the supernatural, ladies and gentlemen. And, and our hearts. See, God put me. God put me in a situation and say, "I want you to go here." Like I, I put Harold in a situation. I challenged him years ago. Years ago, remember the Harold? Of course, you want that. Go- you remember that the day you die, won't you? <laughs> yeah. See, see, see. I, I, I tested him. See, uh, now he's an awesome worshiper, isn't he? Uh I said, Can you do this on the street? Can you do this on a drug hole? Can you do this in the inner city? Can you do it on the street? I challenged him. Of course, you know when you know people around you want to be spiritual. Of course. <laughs> and he did it. And he went he went uh where, where were you uh he he went in in, in the hood later. He, he went in the drug hole. I think it was 15th. Huh? Poke and bean. Poke and bean. So he went on the street singing praise and worship. The power ain't in here. The power's out there, baby. It's out there. He did it. He did it. Now, I didn't ask God, and I didn't discern what spirit he went in, and he went in. <laughs> He went. He went. Uh, you got to disregard, lose sight of, and forget himself and his own interests. And take up his cross and follow me. Cleave steadfastly to me. Conform wholly to my what? Example in living. And if need be, in what? Dying also. Verse 25. For whoever is bent on saving his temporal life, his comfort and security here, Shall what? Lose it eternally. And whoever loses his life, his comfort and security here, for my sake, shall find it life eternally. He so gotta put us in this situation. And the purpose of it all is reconciliation that you and I will be instruments of God and reconciling the world unto himself. How many have been tested? From January to now, at least at least one time. If if you haven't been tested, then I got to pray for you. Whose side you really is on. <laughs> but it's good because God is taking you somewhere. From this day forward, never look at a test as something negative. Look at it as something positive that God wants to get uh do in you and do through you. You're awesome men and women of God. Awesome men and women of God. But you don't believe that you're awesome because you look at yourself. Get your eyes off of you. Put your eyes on the great one who lives on inside of you. You really are great, but you and you compare yourself with people and not with the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. The goal of every leader, ladies and gentlemen, the goal of every lead biblical leader, the goal of every biblical leader is to bring you to a place that you are totally dismantled from yourself. From you getting off the throne of your heart and there's nothing left but Jesus. But a leader can't lead you into that if a leader never been led into that. If a leader haven't been there, they they won't know how to take you there. One of the worst things that we can do is help and protect people from an encounter with the negative. God, hear me talking. My wife hear me talking, and my kids hear me talking. I don't protect my children. I'm gonna tell you what I mean by protect them. I mean I protect them, but I'm tell you, I don't. I do not protect them from any negative circumstances or situation. I just found out that, uh, 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 a couple Wednesdays ago uh, that uh, on the way home that my my daughter, uh, my youngest daughter, had, had had shared some things with an adult here that I didn't even realize that she had shared with the adult until we was on our way home. But beautiful, sound like an adult. How she handled that situation. I don't protect them. When they come to, if they ever come today, we'll just go to the mama. But when they come to me about something, my first thing I'm going to say, what is the, what is the Lord saying to you in this situation? What do you think, God? Because nothing can happen unless God permitted it to happen. Nothing can happen unless. If God permits, then what, what, what do you think God is saying? You can't help people grow up if you don't understand the, the, these principles in the process. So, if if, if they're crying and we were get, and so and so lied on me, and so and so did this to me, what what is God saying? Did God know they was going to lie on you? Yeah, God knew they were going to lie on me. So, why did God allow them to lie on you? Why? When you're trying to show me something about me, yes. Now, how do you think you should handle this? I think I should go to them and tell them they lied on me. No. <laughs> no If they lied on They know they lied on you You have an obligation and a responsibility to forgive them for lying on you Number one And number two You have an obligation and responsibility to pray for them This is how I teach my children ladies and gentlemen I Teach my children We'll get a little handle to praise for his word